It happened where decades before there was a shootout between law enforcement and Pretty Boy Floyd, Union Station, right near downtown Kansas City. But this time, the shootout came during a Chiefs Super Bowl celebration. One person died immediately. Others shot rushed to ER trauma care. At least 11 of the shooting victims, juveniles, under the age of 16. Fatherly head coach Andy Reid was there. One teen injured telling how Andy held him close, urging him to breathe deeply, waiting for the EMT response. Details still coming out, but apparently it broke out as a fight between youngsters, and that's when the gunfire started. Meantime, Wednesday, violence averted at a Christian high school near our office in Southern California. An 18-year-old student at Ontario Christian High School was arrested after police foiled plans to take violence to his school. The hardening of a heart exposes the deceitfulness of our sin. Hebrews, today, do not harden your heart. Turn to Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're wrapping up a series today called The Glory of Marriage. Joining me, David Wollen, our new president and host. Well, Charles, looking back, this has been a really meaningful week. We've been talking about a theme that's as familiar as it is really foreign to us when we look in the last chapters of the Bible. I think, Charles, most Christians have heard the church described as the bride of Christ, but there's a beauty, there's a depth in God's Word about this theme that runs from Genesis to Revelation. And that's why I'm so glad we've been able to include the insights of Dr. Ray Ortland on our program. He's been reflecting on his book, Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel. And really, what he's doing is exploring marriage through the theological lens of the developing story all the way through God's Word. But in biblical theology, we're actually tracking with the the way the Bible itself develops its own categories. And the, one of the differences that makes is there's a kind of wonderful inevitability about doing biblical theology because that way of thinking about God inevitably leads us to Jesus Hmm. and his gospel and his grace for the unworthy and the undeserving because that's in fact where the Bible goes. It funnels down inevitably to Jesus, his gospel, and his grace. Amen and amen. That's what we mean by telling the great story. It's all about Jesus. And today we start with Jesus in the Gospels. We'll be leaping forward then to seeing Jesus in Revelation. And like the great bridegroom that he is, his attention, his eyes are on the bride and the eyes of the bride are on him. Except that in this life, at least, we often need some help to do that. And that's why we're offering Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel, written by Ray Ortland. It was written to help draw you nearer to Jesus, to see him in a new light, and to understand his love in a new way. So after the program, come and visit us online. Make your gift to the ministry. But ask for Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel. Just go to haventoday.org haventoday.org. And when you're there, you can read some of the book. We've put up a sample chapter. Or why don't you call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And now let's open the program with Passion, featuring Christian Stanfield. All of creation, all of the earth, make straight a 
for the Lord. Jesus is coming soon. Call back the sin, wake up the saint. Let every nation shout of your fame. Yes, Jesus is coming soon. Like a bride waiting for her groom, we'll be at church ready for you. Every heart longing for our King, we sing. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, come. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, come. There will be justice, all will be new. Your name forever, faithful and true. Is coming soon. Oh, like a bride waiting for her room. We'll be at church ready for you. Every heart longing for our King. We sing, even so come, Lord Jesus, come. This is Haven Today. I'm David Wolin. With me is Charles Morris, and that was Christian Stanfill, Even So Come. And we're continuing our series about marriage, especially what the Bible says about the marriage yet to come. What will marriage be like in heaven? 
Well, that's what a group of Sadducees asked Jesus one day. But it wasn't an earnest question. It wasn't someone seeking to learn from Jesus. He welcomed questions like that. Now, this one was a trap. It was an attempt to sabotage Jesus because the Sadducees didn't like Jesus any more than the Pharisees. But these groups did disagree about something. The resurrection. The Sadducees denied it. They used their hobby horse to try to corner Jesus. But if they had only known how absurd it was to try to use the Word of God to trap the incarnate Word of God. Let's look together at Luke 20 and see how Jesus answered them. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married a woman and died childless, and the second, and then the third married her, and in the same way the seven died, leaving no children. Finally the woman died too. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since the seven were married to her? So basically they made up a riddle regarding the practice of leveret marriage, which is in Deuteronomy, accustomed to preserve the allocation of land God had given to the tribes, As usual, Jesus saw right through it, and he turned the tables. He answered them, The people of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage, and they can no longer die, for they are like the angels. And then Jesus goes on to prove that even Moses, who wrote Deuteronomy, believed in the resurrection. His answer was brilliant, accurate, clarifying, and everybody listening knew it. But in the answer Jesus gave, we also learn something about heaven. We learn that our marriages here on earth have a beginning and an end by God's design till death do us part as we vow in a Christian wedding. But Jesus says people will not be given away to each other in marriage in the age to come, nor will earthly marriages be carried over. And Why is that? Why is that? Well, we zoom out. Look at what the rest of what Jesus had to say about marriage and what the rest of the New Testament witness says, especially the end of Revelation. When you do that, the answer is clear. Marriage is an exclusive covenant relationship. And in the age to come, that marriage will be between Christ and his bride, the church. It's an exclusive covenant. Well, in various parables, Jesus also described the kingdom of God as a wedding. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Another time when asked why his disciples didn't fast, he said, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. Jesus sees what he's doing as the preparation for his own future wedding in the age to come. But it's not until the very end of the Bible, the final chapters of Revelation, that the curtain is pulled back just a little, just enough to give us a glimpse of what Jesus was talking about. Revelation chapters 19 and 21. In chapter 19, we finally come to the end. All the turmoil, the strife, the great battle, all the opposition to Christ and his kingdom has been dealt with and thrown down. It's over. And an anthem rings out across the heavens, a shout, a song, a roaring thunder, words that we today associate with Christmas, thanks to Handel, but it's a wedding song. Hallelujah. And I'll read the next line in the King James, since that's what's familiar. 
For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. But the chorus doesn't end there. It goes on. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Well, this is what Jesus was speaking about. This was the joy set before him. This is why Jesus endured the cross, despising his shame, and set his eyes on the prize for which he was dying, and for which he would rise again. The real question today is whether our eyes are set on the same prize. Do we understand, do we appreciate the magnificence of this marriage promise? All the glorious joy we set on our own wedding days here on earth are very appropriate. It's right to be lavish in our celebrations because we're foreshadowing a joy, a future reality that otherwise the world has no category for. It exceeds the power of our imaginations to grasp. This is the wedding day of the Bride of Christ and of the Lamb. Well, Charles Morris sitting here with me today and thinking back on the weddings that we have here on earth, I wonder, does that bring back any memories for you? It certainly does, David. And of course, I'm also recalling your bride, your wife, Marcy, joining us on the program on Valentine's Day. And I still vividly remember my wedding day. Yes, 40 plus years ago, but I'll never forget that special moment Janet was there. She was spotless, beautiful, smiling, her countenance. All that, though, will pale in comparison to the day when she's presented before the Lord. Well, thank you for sharing with us about the future of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, David. Uh, Let me take a moment just to reflect a bit more on this wedding to come. Because, you know, Though the great wedding has not yet arrived, we can live today in light of that future wedding. The final wedding in the history of the world can give us hope today. It can give us hope for our marriages now, but how does that happen? Well, remember Revelation 19 speaks of the bride being presented as spotless. This transformation comes through the work of God in the lives of believers, We sometimes use the big word sanctification, but that really just means the Holy Spirit shaping and molding God's people to look more and more like Christ. Sometimes in this life, that seems impossible. Just ask my wife, Janet. I can be a little stubborn at times. In fact, I can be very stubborn, and yet my stubbornness, or maybe your stubbornness, isn't enough to keep God from working in our lives from cleansing us of our sin that just hangs on to us so closely. God continues a good work in our lives until we finally reach heaven itself, glorified, new bodies, free from sin. So husbands, keep loving your wives. Wives, keep loving your husbands. Pursue the Lord together, knowing that he's working in your life until that day when all of us are together for that heavenly royal wedding. There's also another way in which the wedding of the Lamb provides hope for today, and that's in our walk before the Lord and with the Lord. Right now, I want to talk to anyone who's single. 
I know we have a lot of people listening, and I want you to know that you are seen, you're acknowledged, you're treasured. The royal wedding is for you as well. Because by faith, we all believers make up the church, the bride of Christ. We're all being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. And the wedding of the Lamb is God's promise to us that he isn't done with us yet. We'll enjoy sweet fellowship with our Lord and Savior in heaven. This will be the greatest bonds that any person has ever had. In fact, we have a taste of it already because Christ lives in us. You're already united to Christ if you know Jesus. But on that wedding day, your relationship with Jesus will be free from all stain of sin. There will be no more guilt. There won't be any shame. Just pure joy, pure love, as we share all of eternity with the one who loved us first and gave himself for us. In the closing pages of Scripture, John the Apostle shares this closing vision. It's a vision of the coming world. There's wedding language used here. Revelation 21, starting with verse 1, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And then, of course, this line that we've all heard and taken to heart before. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. There's a new Jerusalem coming, prepared like a bride. It's a new city made for God to dwell with in the midst of his people. What an amazing promise. This word from the Lord must encourage us. We live in a weary, dark world. All those shootings we talked about earlier, a world filled with broken relationships, broken promises, a world that lacks hope. But we have an answer. The Lamb, the Bridegroom, Jesus Christ, the one who has promised to never leave us or forsake us, the one who unites us, the one who will present his bride spotless. He's promised to wipe away every tear, to defeat death once and for all. This is the glory of marriage. Every wonderful wedding we've been to points to this greater wedding, the wedding between Christ and his church. And at this wedding, the feasting will never end. Pretty good news, wouldn't you say? In a moment, we're going to hear one last thought from my brother and friend, Dr. Ray Ortland, on the subject of marriage and the gospel. But I think we should pause for a musical sailor, somebody we haven't had on the program in a very long time, Twyla Paris, and a classic song that she made a hit many years ago. How beautiful the hands that served the wine and the bread and the sons of the earth. How beautiful the feet that walked the 
beautiful the music yes but far more so the message that classic going back to the early 90s by twyla paris helping us worship christ and this is haven today i'm david wolin with me is charles morris and before we go charles let's bring in ray one more time courtesy of crossway he's answering the question if he got a note from someone who'd read his book telling him that the lord had used it in their life what would he hope that note said i realize now that the all-holy God above, through Christ, has given me his heart. So that when Romans 8 says, nothing will ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, that's not just saying I'm fixed in some cosmic inevitability, but I am held. I am 
embraced. He's put his hand on my hand, gently and kindly, never to let go. How could you say no to that? This is a program where we've been mentioning Ray Ortland's book, so may I invite you to get in touch with us right now and get a copy of Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel. It's a timely book, a book for those who are married, but a book for all of us on our walk with Jesus, especially in light of all the confusion in our culture that exists right now. And so don't delay. Right now, this is the time to visit us online and order your copy of Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel. This is our thank you for your gift of any amount at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or you can make your gift by phone. And the truth is, our team hopes you do because we'd love to talk with you and serve you in any way we can. The number is 800-654-2836. That's 800-654-2836. Or a little easier, 800-65-HAVEN. Well, our time is up. I'm Charles Morris. And I'm David Wolin. Thanks so much for joining us. Won't you come back again next time when again together we'll share the great message. It's a message that's all about Jesus, not us, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Jesus had become famous. People everywhere were speculating about His identity, but Jesus wanted His disciples to decide for themselves. So He asked them, Who do you say that I am? It was the pivotal question then, and it still is. What's your answer? Who do you say that Jesus is? Well, in that moment, Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus turned to Peter and told him who he was. Jesus said, I tell you that you are Peter, which means rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the same is true for each of us. We won't know who we truly are until we know who Jesus truly is. You can get the print edition of Anchor Devotional delivered every month. Visit GetAnchor.com.